Hi, I'm Ryan. Welcome to Bible on the Beach. Today we're going to be in Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Now the reason why I do these is simple. Uh, we have a six-word mission. It's disciples making disciples, churches planting churches. We have a seven-word vision. It's to be a catalyst for 5,000 church plants. Now, those are both tall orders. How can we do that? How can we do that? And the simple answer is we can't. We just remain consistent and we trust that the little crumb that we give to God, He will multiply, He will do great things with, He will cause His kingdom and ministry to spread wherever He wants it to go. <clears throat> now, today we're going to look at Acts chapter 3, <clears throat> verses 1 through 10. Now, one afternoon, Peter and John went to the temple for the three o'clock prayer. As they came to the entrance called the Beautiful Gate, they were captured by the sight of a man crippled from birth, being carried and placed at the entrance to the temple. He was often brought there to beg for money from those going into worship. <clears throat> now he noticed Peter and John going into the temple. He begged them for their money. Now, <clears throat> this raises a lot of questions. One, why does it seem like people suffer in ways that others don't in this life? Well, we don't always have an answer to that. Uh, one of the things that has baffled me at being 47 years old is how much suffering I have had to see in the world. Uh, it doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem right. Um, and yet, we're not called to philosophize about why people are in the predicament that they're in, but we are called to help when we see a need. That's how I started Ocean Water. <clears throat> I saw a need for uh, water in an area that I had been to in El Salvador, and I simply tried to help. That's how ocean water started. I saw one need uh, and I tried to uh, help with that. Now, we ended up spending uh, over three years building a, a solar powered uh, decentralized desalinization system uh, north of La, La Libertad in El Salvador uh, for about three years. But all of that <clears throat> started with just seeing a need and trying to help someone. Um, that is, I believe, the correct response for the evil and the injustice that we see in the world, don't spend your time railing against the problem. Just spend your time, your effort, and your energy trying to make life better for one person who is hurting. We don't always understand why people are hurting. We just want to make sure that we're trying to help. But that's what's happening here. The best way that you can help is to identify the need that the person has that they're struggling with whether it's water or it's food or it's housing or it's clothing or it's clothing in this case this man was physically crippled now it says that Peter and John were so full of faith they saw right away that this man was serious about wanting a healing so much so that he saw uh, that he was strategic he'd put himself 
right where everyone could see him, right where people were walking in and full of faith. And he said, well, this is probably my best chance to get some help. So I'm going to go there and I'm going to position myself so that I can get the help that I need. I want to ask you a question before we move on. Do you position yourself to get the help that you need? A lot of times in our life, we let our pride get in the way of getting the help that we need. Now, being prideful about our problems isn't a solution for healing. Being humble about our problems, humble about our predicament, and humble about our pain, and positioning ourselves to get the right help in the right way from the right people, that shows humility. This guy had humility, and on this day, in this story, God said, you're showing a heart of humility, you want help with your problem, I'm gonna help you. That's been the experience in my life. When I'm humble and I say, God, please, would you help me with my problem, my predicament, and my pain? God goes, yep, I'm gonna help you. Now, it's not always the path that I like. <laughs> it's not always the process that I like, but I always feel God giving me direction when I have pain, uh, a predicament, and a problem. And so what we see here is that God, God saw this guy's heart and he sends Peter and John to help him. <clears throat> now look at verse 4. <clears throat> Peter and John, looking straight into the eyes of the crippled man, said, Look at us. Now, expecting a gift, he readily gave them his attention. He said, Well, uh, it's probably not possible for my physical situation to change, but perhaps they can give me some money to meet some of my basic needs. Then Peter said, well, I don't have money. <clears throat> this is funny, by the way. <laughs> you know if you're really following God, because a lot of the times you won't have any money, because you've, God's been speaking to you about giving it away already. They'd given away all of their money that they had up until this point, so much so that they didn't have any left to give. He says, but I'll give you this. By the power of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. Now, what happens here is God gives Peter <clears throat> the gift of a miracle to give to this man. Wow. Powerful. Powerful. And in fact, it says here... <clears throat> Um, Peter held out, held out his right hand of the crippled man. As he pulled the man to his feet, suddenly power surged into his crippled feet and ankles. Wow. The man jumped up, stood there for a moment, stunned, and then began to walk around. As he went into the temple courts of Peter and John, he leapt for joy and shouted praises to God. Now, this is really interesting. This is a powerful miracle. This is an interesting miracle. It's instantaneous. Um, he gets up and walks. This also brings validity to the ministry of Peter and John. You see, Peter and John were being used by God. You'll, you'll notice they had prayed. They were in leadership. God had added a ton of people into the church. They're now practicing their faith every day. They're praying. They're following the apostles' teaching. They're eating together. Now, God performs this miracle. Yes, it was for this man, 
but it was also for the people in the temple who were going to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God had, was working in a mighty, powerful way because they would have seen this man when they were walking into the temple. You see, this is a key point. Miracles are always for the receiver and for those who know the person and who are familiar with the situation. God always uses a miracle to expand our mind and our faith and our understanding in Him. Now it says, when all the people saw him jumping up and down and heard him glorifying God, they realized it was the crippled beggar who had passed by in front of the beautiful gate. Astonishment swept over the crowd, for they were amazed over what had happened to him. Now, every time I've seen God move powerfully and move miraculously in my life, it always caused other people to give glory to God. Now, if God does a miracle and it causes people to lift up an individual, that's not good. God always does a miracle because he wants to lift Jesus up. He wants to lift uh, himself up to people so that they're inspired to believe God and trust God and give their heart to God in a powerful way. I want you to think right now... Uh, <clears throat> about your life and I want you to think of an area where you need God to do a miracle. It might be physical, it might be financial, uh, it might be relational, it might be mental. Wherever you need God to do a miracle, I want you to pray right now with me and I want you to say, God, would you do a miracle in my life? In fact, I'm going to pray for you right now. God, I pray for people who watch this. <clears throat> I pray that you give them a relational miracle, a financial one, a mental one, a job one, a real estate one, whatever miracle they need, a physical one, a mental one. Give them the miracle that they need in their life. They may not have feet and legs that need power to surge into them. But would your power surge into the part of their life where they do need a miracle? That's exciting. And so, God, I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through in your life, God wants to meet you and give you a miracle. We're no different than the beggar who decided to humble himself and position himself at the gate. And through that, God saw his heart, God saw his humility, and God worked a miracle in his life. I want to encourage you today, align your heart with God. Be humble. Get your heart and your humility lined up and then say, God, please do a miracle in me and through me in my life. And God will. I've seen him do it in my life time after time after time and I know he'll do it for you too. I hope you're encouraged today. Thank you for watching this portion of Bible on the Beach today. You know if you get something out of this I'd like you to hit subscribe. Also share it with someone else. That's how uh, everything in my life has, has happened. It's just been word of mouth. It's how we've taken a hundred and 
25 people tell Salvador on missions trips over 15 trips it's how <clears throat> we started a, a church with two people in a jiu-jitsu studio now we've helped start 13 churches in five countries totaling about 700 people all word of mouth God doing it full of miracles full of faith it's why God's asked me in my life to come down here and teach the Bible on the beach to encourage people so that they can get to know God's Word better not feel so intimidated by it and so in this spirit thank you for watching I hope you got something out of it and until next time I hope you have a great day